Hi, welcome to Menopause Buddies. My name is Annie. I've set up Menopause Buddies with the aim of being a buddy to women starting on their perimenopause journey. It's a place where women can listen to other women sharing their experiences, what symptoms they had, how they coped and what therapies and strategies they've used to get through it. Join me every Sunday evening when I speak to a woman about her personal journey. Today I'm joined by Nicola. Nicola works in marketing communications and has done so for the last 30 years. Hi, Nicola. Hi, Annie. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, Nicola, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, so my name's Nicola. I'm, um, I am a mum of... A proud mum of an 11-year-old boy. Um, I have been working in, as you said, marketing for goodness about the past 30 years in the whole um, financial technology space. So you've joined us obviously to talk about your perimenopause, menopause journey. Um, Where are you on that so far? Um, Definitely still in the perimenopause um stage which I'm kind of wishing that we jump menopause bit now I'm getting a bit bored of it all uh yes not quite there yet but definitely definitely on the bus shall we say on the bus on the on the way and uh, what has been your experience so far what have been the you know the the highlights as it were to be perfectly honest with you I'm um I think I'm very fortunate in that um I have found ways to manage everything um quite naturally um through my journey I don't have excessive unpleasant symptoms there are definitely some symptoms and and some things that uh, that you become more aware of obviously but I'm compared to some people I think I'm having a relatively easy time of it it has to be said that's good that's good and what, what have been the key symptoms that you've had I think if I if I think back and this was quite, probably started quite a long time ago and I've heard um, other women re- refer to it as the rage, which always made me laugh. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I so relate to that. And it was basically where you would just kind of have those murderous thoughts. Um, but that was quite a long time. That was probably a good 10 years ago, to be honest with you, where um, I do remember going that and I, through through that period where you just get really angry about things and of course I lived that all out in in my head but it was amazing how those emotions could take over quite rapidly and quite irrationally um but it was just something that I you know just kind of came and then went fairly quickly um and then really it's just been for me that kind of um as I say, nothing, nothing necessarily in particular. I think there are certain things that you kind of realizing that you're experiencing in terms of sometimes getting a little overwhelmed. And maybe that is some of those emotions come to the fore a lot more than they used to. And it's just learning to recognize that and be able to kind of understand what it is and take yourself out of that that situation. And sometimes just going for a walk to clear your head can be a really good tonic to uh, to the sort of thing. And then, you know, I do have things, I I do get migraines, headaches, which are very much hormonally triggered a lot of the time for me, some insomnia, 
Um, definitely the duvet on, duvet off overheating, which I think lots of lots of people get, but I'm very fortunate I don't have hot flushes and sweats and, and those sorts of things. So I think reasonably mild and manageable from my perspective, but you still, I think some of it, you just get used to it, to be perfectly honest, and it just becomes part of your day-to-day life. Yeah, it becomes the new norm almost, doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So for example, you know, I definitely have two to three nights a month where I sleep very badly or get very little sleep. But then you just kind of it's almost where you know that's what it is and you just get on with it because you know it's only going to last for a couple of nights or or whatever it is. So those sorts of things just become a little bit part and parcel of getting older. Mm. Well, it sounds like you're you're not doing too badly by comparison to others. Definitely. And interestingly, I, I had a, just come back from a lovely weekend away with my school friends. So obviously, we're, we're all of a, a very similar age. And I think it's everybody experiences it very differently. People are approaching treatments and things in different ways people have different symptoms so you know I think when you get a group of women together who are of a similar age and kind of going through this it it does tend to be a topic of conversation but it was quite interesting just within that you know small group of five of us how you know some people are on HRT some aren't some are suffering from certain symptoms others uh, others not and I think it really it, it's a very individual um thing and I think you know it's there's definitely not a one size fits all solution to it I think you have to find things that work for you because what way may work for somebody else or one of your friends is is definitely not going to be the right approach for you so I think it is it's sometimes a little bit of trial and error in understanding what your journey is and the things that are going to help you very much so yes I mean you can put a hundred women in the room in in a room and they'd all have a hundred different varieties of symptoms and degrees of symptoms exactly exactly and and talking about what what works for each woman what what have you what works for you what have you done um so uh, one of the key things that I've done is um I had I have very regular reflexology and this stems from, I'm actually a trained reflexologist. I trained um, in reflexology, oh goodness, I'm trying to think back, maybe a good more than 20 years ago. Um, It was, I've I've always, Annie, I've always had a strange obsession about feet. I think I love (laughs) feet. I know lots of people don't and are very kind of weird about feet. I think, you know, we count on them a lot throughout our lives, our feet, and I think we need to look after them. So that was what kind of led me into my interest in in reflexology in the first place. And I just fancied studying something that was completely different to my day-to-day working life. So I've always believed in the benefits that reflexology can bring to you. And then when I was, um, you know, started to get some of the, the, symptoms that I did and I'm trying to think what the timing is now since I've started it on a really regular basis it's maybe maybe even a good four or five years ago um, and I did have a complete meltdown and my poor son got it in the ear for 
absolutely nothing. It was just one of those things that triggered something. And I think I kind of melted down, burst into tears and stomped off upstairs. And it was at that moment that I was like, oh, maybe I need to do something about this. Um, and I found a fantastic lady locally who's uh, who's doing reflexology. And I, I started um, doing that a, a very kind of once a week to begin with and then took it down to once a fortnight. And now I go about every three weeks. And for me, that just completely rebalances everything. It's a, a bit of a reset in my body when things are getting out of balance. Um, so I'm kind of in a maintenance mode with it now. But I think, you know, as I said, I don't have really extreme symptoms at all. Yeah. Um, I'm a million miles away from considering things like HRT. I don't need that at the moment. And, and as much as I can manage everything holistically, I would like to be able to. And the reflexology is definitely enabling me to do that. Brilliant. And and when you saw sort of having the rages and felt um, compelled to go and have reflexology, did you notice a difference from the first I mean I don't know a lot about reflexology I know each different part of your foot is related to a different organ and um, pressure on one will affect parts of your body but did, did, did you notice a calming effect straight away or is it after a few treatments or I, I would say it's after a few treatments, and I would also say it, it's like anything. You can't just go and have one session and think that that's going to be a magic wand and you'll be absolutely fine after that. Yeah. Um, it is. So the way that reflexology works is you're absolutely right. It's almost like um, there are points on on the sole of your foot that relate to other areas of your body, but the whole premise behind it is about rebalancing um, so it's about kind of unblocking areas where there might be some congestion in your body, some area that, that's kind of blocked for some reason. And it's about getting the blood flowing to all the parts of the body, particularly it's very good with the um, with the endocrine system, with your hormones to kind of rebalance everything. It's used very much in terms of fertility as well. It's very good for that. Um, and it was... So I think I probably had a couple of months of weekly sessions and yeah, definitely within a few weeks, I think, you know, and some people could say, well, is it, is it a bit mind over matter with it? I personally don't think it is because I do feel when I've had a session, I definitely feel that sense of everything just getting back to where it should be. Um, But it's, you know, you do, it's something like any sort of, therapy you have to commit to it um, and do it on a regular basis and I think it, it's about getting getting your <laughs> your body when it is out of balance back into a good state of um, what we call homeostasis which is is that balanced state and then just making sure that you're you're doing things to keep it there I also I don't think reflexology just by itself is is the only thing I think there is a lot to be said for diet exercise um but I, I'm a big believer in moder- moderation in all things so you know I do still drink but I don't drink very much um it certainly doesn't agree with me in the same well not that I don't think it ever agreed with me but I definitely can't drink as much as I used to these days so I'm yeah. a very light drinker because that very much affects my sleep and sleep is the most precious thing these days um but also just having you know, a good, healthy diet. I think exercise is is a huge 
um, thing for me as well. That's something that I do on a regular basis. And I think it's a combination of a, a number of things of just keeping yourself fit and healthy that definitely help to keep to, because it's all about helping your body through the journey that it's it's going on because, you know, menopause is a, is a part of life. I don't believe in delaying it. It's something that's going to happen. It's just trying to make that journey as comfortable as possible as you go through it. Yeah, it sounds like you have it under control at the moment, which is fantastic. And so touch wood, I'm looking desperately for some wood in this room. Um, yeah, t- touch wood, because I, you know, I know that, you know, that that could change at, at any moment. And, you know, so you might get another symptom that sort of kicks in that actually where you do need a quick fix for it, because I know some of them are quite debilitating and that lots of women really do suffer badly from them. And, you know, from my group of school friends there are a couple of those who were definitely taking HRT and that's been a godsend for them in terms of some of the symptoms that they were looking at and I certainly wouldn't rule it out if I needed it I think it's about judging when you really need it and when you can manage things um, through other methods so for me HRT would be a bit of a last resort but if I needed it I would certainly take it um, I think my view, you know, and if I speak to, to friends or people who are going through it, I, I certainly wouldn't be saying that's the first thing that you should be looking at, because I think there's a lot of things that you can take responsibility for your own health and well-being um, to a, you know, to a very great degree in how you approach you know um as i say your your diet exercise i think just becomes increasingly important and it doesn't mean you have to be you know out pounding the streets running miles it, it can be more gentle exercise but i think i think that that's actually when when you are having those feelings of whether it's um anxiety or just brain fog or or being overwhelmed i think sometimes you know that exercise could be just going for a walk or going for a gentle swim or doing yoga i i actually find really helpful as well in terms of just that really good stretching but also that kind of peaceful calmness that it that it brings as well and i think having something where you can take a bit of time from yourself out of, you know for yourself out of your day to day is very important yeah, and all of that helps you get into the next stage of life in a more set up for it, really. You're resilient, uh, you're flexible, and that just makes getting older easier, I think. I, absolutely. And it, it all depends how you approach it as well. You know, I think getting older is a privilege. Um, I'm enjoying every minute of it. I look, you know, and I probably don't in my head think I'm as old as I actually am, but it's it's about enjoying every single stage, but also understanding that you know your your body is not quite the same as it used to be 10 20 years ago you know always makes me laugh that kind of getting out of bed first thing and all the (laughs) noises that come these days for actually getting up which I'm like sure I never used to groan quite like this (laughs) Um, you know that there are certain things where you just have to kind of um, maybe take things down a notch or two um, in, in how you approach things. But I think one of one of the things for me with exercise is sleep, because I think sleep is just hugely important. And I think if you are 
whatever that level of exercise is for you, then that really does help with your sleep as well, which I think as you're going through menopause is is really important because, you know, I think anybody's symptoms are exacerbated once you you have broken bad sleep. It's not a very pleasant experience. No, you, you can cope with anything if you've had a good night's sleep. I mean, a form of torture, isn't it, is keeping people awake and you can understand why because you just can't perform and everything is affected. Exactly. And as I say, you know, I tend to get, a, you know, a couple of nights a month where I don't sleep, but it's also now because I because I know that when it does happen, I mean, I try to, I literally just kind of, in some ways, try and just treat it that I'm having a big lie-in where you've kind of woken up, but you're enjoying just lying in bed. Um, because I think, that it, again, it is a mental thing where if you get agitated about it and upset about it, then that's even worse. So it's, you know, and again, I'm sure that there are lots of women where it's way more than a couple of nights and then that becomes very difficult to manage. Um, but for me, I can cope with that a couple of nights. If it gets to a third night, then I start to get really grumpy because then it's, um, yeah, it, it does become very difficult. Yeah, and I think, well, I think for everyone, it's more difficult at the moment, isn't it? Because it's warmer and it is harder to sleep and then it's lighter unless you've got blackout blinds everyone wakes up so everyone's probably a little bit grumpier at the moment <laughs> <laughs> exactly although interestingly my sleep patterns have changed a lot and um, I think you do or at least I certainly kind of wake up much earlier than I ever used to but the nice thing about that is I don't use an alarm clock anymore so that's one of the things that I whether it's whether it's menopause whether it's just getting older but actually, that nice thing of just waking up naturally is um, is really nice. So you have to take those little wins where they are. And, yeah, uh, I agree. Know. Yeah, I agree. And it, it is that it's that positive attitude, isn't it? That it's happening and accepting it. And if you rail against it, it's not going to stop it. So it's almost easier for us to accept it and just go with the flow and find out whatever works for us and deal with it yeah yeah and not waste energy trying to fight it and um complain well I think yeah that is a bit of a a losing battle really because it's it's going to get us one way or the other so exactly (laughs) exactly we're in the middle of it but and and in terms of work um I I guess from what you've said the symptoms you've had uh, haven't won't have affected work too much but what is there in place um, at your work, if you know, if you are having issues with menopause, I think it, it's interesting. I work for it's quite a young company, um, so I would say you know there's probably a handful of women. Um, about, not this is not being said. Obviously, I know there are some women who go through early menopause and have symptoms, but it's you know in comparison to other companies that I've been at, we are a much smaller um proportion of the population um at at the company that i work at but that being said we have um there have been talks that have been held um about menopause where there have been panels and kind of um just bringing it to people's attention i think particularly when you've got a pretty young workforce then it's probably something that's the last thing on people's minds but i think it's it's a much more open conversation about it these days. So I certainly wouldn't feel uncomfortable if there was something 
happily, you know, speaking to my team and saying, you know, I'm suffering from X, Y, Z, and it, it's because of this at the moment, because I think those convers- people are much more accepting of and open about those conversations. So we don't have anything specific in place in terms of an ongoing program, but it's, it is a very, um, kind and caring culture where I think you you'd just be able to address it very easily and openly and we have lots of um, support through various healthcare and stuff in place at the organization so um, no concerns from that perspective but I think it's also something that you know in many organizations women just may not have that same degree of comfort of being able to speak about it particularly particularly if it's a very male dominated um environment or kind of you know bosses that you don't feel you can be as open with it but I think you know many of those men will be you know with their partners or or wives will be quite understanding of it any case because they've probably got some experience of it at home yes yes everyone gets affected by it some way or another (laughs) Exactly. But I think that sounds great that because I think that's all any woman wants when she's at work is to be understood and to be able to be open and honest about what's happening to her if she's having a problem on a particular day. So that's all you need, isn't it, really, in a workplace is to be understood. Exactly. And just and I think it is that, you know, not not having it as a taboo subject. And again, I was chatting with my friends at the weekend and we were talking about our mothers and the experience of having gone through it I think some of it it, where it was quite different is you know our parents had children when they were a lot younger so we had all left home when our mums were going through the menopause so you didn't have that experience of living with somebody with it and also it just wasn't talked about very much it was something that you know was mentioned very quietly passing but there was certainly no broad level conversations about it that that you have today so I think just kind of raising that to the fore and making people aware that you know it does impact um, women's ability to perform um, that you know they might need some support over different things or they might be looking for you know having to have that support as you go on treatment and you're you're looking for different ways of in which you're managing it i think just having that dialogue is is hugely beneficial yeah exactly well thank you so much for joining us t- today nicola that's been really informative and um, just from the women i've spoken to previously i can say you are very fortunate at the moment and long may that continue Yes, well, fingers crossed. I'm hoping so as well. I have a reflexology session on Friday, so um, hopefully that will um, that will keep me going. But I would, you know, I would for lots of your listeners, if if it's not something they're aware of, then it, it's definitely something to do, consider. I certainly find it very beneficial. So hopefully others will too. Brilliant. I'm sure lots of people will have found that useful, Nicola. And thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Great. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Menopause Buddies. If you'd like to share your story on the podcast, please contact me on annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk. Until next week.